This is Laura looking for love. Not the romantic love we normally think of, but the love that exists in humanity, that helps guide us in our continual quest for spiritual growth, especially in times of hardship and confusion. Now, I haven't done an episode in over a year because I was diagnosed with breast cancer and have been pouring all my energy into my deep healing. But I was compelled to come back here because right now, in this country, I see a huge opportunity, a love so great with the potential for positive change, but that keeps getting masked by an overwhelming amount of fear. And fear, particularly irrational fear, is really the root of all evil. Because hate begins with fear. And when our decisions are based on irrational fear, they are always bad ones. Always. And right now, our country is looking for deep healing. And that won't begin if in this election, we vote with fear. Now, I know personally how hard it is to push away fear when the stakes are so high. So we sometimes need encouragement. And that encouragement exists in messages all around us. But we have to be aware and open to receive them. So about eight years ago, I found a lump the size of a half a grain of rice. I don't know how, as I never ever did self-exams, but it had to be one of those messages I was open to receive. And although the circumstances blurry, it was right after a severe emotional trauma I had experienced. It wasn't cancer at the time, but I was screened every six months. Then a little over a year ago, they found that the lump had grown, and this time it was cancer. But right before I was diagnosed, I experienced another severe emotional trauma. So I knew there was a correlation between the cancer and my particular experiences. Again, I was open to the messages. My bachan, which means grandma in Japanese, also had breast cancer. She was considered a good patient. She listened to the doctors, did all the treatments, took her meds, and to be extra cautious, opted for a double mastectomy. She was in remission for five years until one day she felt sick. And as she sat in her wheelchair, my parents standing by her side in the hospital hallway, the doctor approached her and said bluntly, The cancer came back. You have six months. I advise you to get your affairs in order. And walked away. My bachan suffered greatly, and she died too young. I mourned, I felt anger, and I didn't know it at the time. But I also received a message. The message wasn't obvious until 20 years later, and it was my turn. And as I sat with the doctor, she discussed the surgery, and then laid out my post-surgery treatment plan. And they were all the same treatments my bachan had, every single one. The doctor said, with these treatments, you will have 100% chance of survival. But my bachan's message was clear, as I had seen with my own eyes a different reality. Because it's hard to walk away from something that promises 100% chance of survival when cancer is staring you in the face. But that's what I knew I had to do. I listened to the message. I knew that if I was to survive, fear was my biggest enemy. So my plan was to do the surgery and to look for alternative options. After the first surgery, the doctor said she didn't get it all, that there were four positive margins, meaning the cancer still remained on four sides of the mass that was removed, and that I needed a second surgery. But before my second surgery, I attended a breast cancer support group. I was new, and there was a woman who was also new. But I could tell she was irritating the others. All she talked about was a thing called lymphedema. She didn't have it herself, but she had a passion to educate. I'd never heard of it, so at the risk of further irritating the others, I asked, What's lymphedema? She explained how it caused irreversible swelling and that it was caused through surgery of the lymph nodes. It didn't apply to me, but I did hear others having lymph node biopsies, and they seemed fairly harmless. But for some reason, I thought to ask, What about lymph node biopsies? She said, Yes. Anything that affects the lymph nodes can cause it. Shortly before the second surgery, my doctor called me and said they made a mistake. 
what was originally thought to be a localized cancer was actually invasive cancer, meaning it could have spread anywhere. She said very matter-of-factly, we'll be doing a lymph node biopsy during your surgery, like it was nothing, a mere test. But I had just heard a different message. So I asked her about lymphedema. She then explained how she would remove three or four lymph nodes, which shocked me because the word biopsy didn't make me think of several lymph nodes being removed. But she said the risk was rare for lymphedema, about 5%. But because I had already had a surgery, they would be harder to remove. So there was a chance of needing an auxiliary dissection, the removal of half my lymph nodes, increasing my chance of lymphedema to 20%. They wouldn't know until they went in. If I didn't have that message, I would have never thought to ask about something that seemed so benign. And if I hadn't asked, my doctor would have never explained any of it. My message was clear. No to the biopsy. I went back to the support group one more time, hoping to find the woman to thank her. But I was told she only came that once. After the second surgery, my doctor said they didn't get it all again. But this time, there was only one positive margin. She said we need to do a third surgery. And I said no. I knew a third surgery would do more harm than good at that point. So there I was, their worst patient. My oncologist always reminded me about how my decisions were unprecedented and that no one ever chose to do what I did. The fear kept getting pushed in my direction, but I had to keep pushing it away. I had people shaking their heads, telling me to listen to my doctors as if because they were doctors, they were gods. But I stayed strong because I knew that there were things I knew that the doctors didn't. And I knew that had I fully relied on doctors to tell me if I was healthy, I would still be undiagnosed today. No mammogram had ever detected any cancer. They only found it because I told them where to look. I refused to hand over my life to my doctors because my botchan showed me that my life means more to me than it does to them. So I had to make sure each choice was my own. And the messages kept coming and I was led to an alternative treatment facility that I knew would help me heal. But my healing was also a deeply emotional one, where I addressed those past traumas and I got to the root of why I got cancer in the first place. And the stakes were high because everyone in my family who has ever had cancer has died. But that will not be my destiny, because I have an arsenal of messages showing me how to do things differently. Because history teaches us lessons, and the suffering of others teaches us lessons. And in order for their suffering not to be in vain, we have to not dismiss the messages. And in this country, the stakes are also very high. We are in an election process where people are feeling those stakes and they are getting scared. But we cannot let fear dictate our decisions because we already have our messages. And some of those messages are from so long ago that we've forgotten. But we have to listen to the messages we received as children when we were taught that things like compassion and equal rights were things worth fighting for, worth sacrificing for. We learned that slavery was wrong and that the abolition of slavery was a progressive change at that time that was not just good but necessary because it benefited humanity. And yes, we learned it. But didn't we already know that? That everyone deserves freedom and everyone deserves a decent quality of life? So if we go to the polls and we are voting with our heads, trying to figure out merely who has the best chance of winning, not taking into account what they stand for, we are letting fear dictate us, and we are not listening to the messages we once received. We are missing a great opportunity. We must take several steps back and look at the bigger picture. My bigger picture was that cancer was not my problem. It was a wake-up call telling me that something deeper needed healing, that I needed to change. I didn't get cancer just to stay the same. I'm making this count. 
and we have to make this count. We need to get out and exercise our vote. If you are in a Super Tuesday state, as I am here in California, where polling is already open, it is crucial you vote and tell others to vote and to vote with no fear. And when I go to the polls, I will cast my vote for Bernie Sanders because I believe in order to deeply heal this country, we need progressive change and we need a leader with a rock-solid moral conviction willing to take on the corrupt healthcare industry. And when people try to scare me with the word communism, I will have no fear because I have heard this message before. When Martin Luther King Jr. said he believed in a more socialistic economy where the class disparity did not leave people starving, he too was labeled a communist. It is exactly that fear propaganda that put my grandparents in the internment camps during World War II. And when people say that Bernie Sanders could never become president because Americans will only vote for an establishment moderate, I have received a different message because I listened in 2016 when they said the same thing about someone else and now he is sitting in the White House. And when people dismiss Bernie Sanders as crazy, I think it's a great compliment because every visionary who has ever changed this world had at one time been called crazy. So before this Tuesday, I will be casting my vote for Bernie with no fear and all the love in my heart with gratitude for a man who has served the past 30 years of his life fighting for us. And I hope at the end of this, we will see him achieve his American dream, a selfless one that he has envisioned, not for him, for us.